Hey there, guys. Uh, jumping in before we actually get started with the episode, um, with a quick apology, we had a uh, computer snafu that uh, affected our recording uh, to the point where we actually lost a bit of the uh, audio recording. Um, and if you want to see uh, the rest of the full recording, um, you can hop over onto our Facebook page and check out the live stream that we did. Um to see everything that we had talked about and uh, even see the vamping where I try to fix the issue uh, live on camera, which is always fun. Uh, sorry again and uh, enjoy the episode. And welcome back to Keep Beach City Quarantined. I'm Liz. That's Aaron. We're so glad that you're here today. We're so glad that we're Thank y'all for joining us. Thank y'all for joining us on yet another episode of our Chill Appreciation Fancast of Steven Universe. We have finally done it. We have finally hit the nexus point. For you. We have gotten to episodes that I, Elizabeth, do not remember. We have finally hit the point where in previous viewings, I don't think I ever got past this point. If I did, I don't remember. And that is so strange to me. I um, Aaron's not there yet. He's gonna get there soon. Which I really feel is really weird because I know I've seen more episodes than this. I'm pretty sure yeah. I've seen to the end of this season. I know I've seen the season four finale. I know I've seen it. I don't recall any of the spoilers that happened in it. Aaron recalls them. He's been nice and not told me. Yeah. Because I'm sure I already know the spoiler, but my brain has repressed it so I can enjoy this experience again. <laughs> Uh, we have another weird amount of episodes to talk about today because we have another 22-minute episode that counts as 8 and 9, uh, just like Bismuth and so, uh, so many others. We're kind of getting more and more into this. Uh, but today, for our purposes, we are covering Last One Out of Beach City, Onion Gang, Gem Harvest, Three Gems and a Baby, Steven's Dream, Adventures in Light Distortion, Gem Heist, The Zoo, that will be all, and the new crystal gems. This is a this is a great. Um, I just realized I have a um not not dry skin uh, a blister on my hand. Oh no! Uh, just realized he got that. blisters on his fingers. Got blisters on my fingers. This is great audio, by the way. Uh, so yeah, we finally hit a point where uh, I definitely recall this arc, but after this, we are going into new territory for me. So I'm really excited for next week. Uh, next week will be the include the season finale of season four for us. So we're we're getting into dangerous waters here. Yeah, we are getting very close to um, getting into the areas <laughs> like I, I know I've seen the end of season four um, and there's six seasons or there's five seasons of Steven Universe and then a season of Steven Universe future. Um, right. Uh, so season in the movie. And then the movie, which, oh, God. I'm I actually have a bit of fun trivia about that for uh, our first episode that we're talking about today that has to do with the movie. Non-spoilery stuff. Oh, really? Okay. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm looking forward to to this. Um, I've, I'm, I'm happy that we've kind of re-hit uh, some of this because uh, one of the episodes that we uh, watched in this cluster, um, I enjoyed uh, when I first watched it. I actually, the song in the episode, I went back and listened to a few times. Um, I just, I really like the beat and the, the melody and everything like that. 
Um, but with this, it's uh, it's it's really strange because yeah, we're getting back to that nexus point of like, oh man, I'm I'm about to get caught up again. I don't know. I don't know how to feel about this. <laughs> Our so, anxiety at not being able to finish things is rearing its ugly head. Yeah. So it's without you, dear viewers. Listeners, we wouldn't finish this ding dang thing. So that's why we're glad you're here. What do you say we get right into it? Let's do it. All right. The first one discussing today. Last one out of Beach City. Pearl offers to go with Stephen and Amethyst to a rock show, deciding to get in touch with her rebellious side whilst trying to impress a woman who looks similar to Rose. As Stephen said, I mean, I saw it. You saw it. We all saw it, right? She looked just like mom. Like straight up. <laughs> are, we, are, are we not going to talk about this? Like, she looked just like mom. Thanks, like, thank goodness someone in the show said it. I didn't know if they were going to dance around that forever. That absolutely Pearl does have a type without question. I um, adore this reimagining. This mystery woman, this, this AU human counterpart. I don't know. I don't. Again, so since we're hitting this nexus point, I don't know if this character appears again. Um, I kind of hope she does because I love everything about her aesthetic. Um, she's uh, a person with confidence. Yeah, will win any room. Um, she has the you know the bright pink hair, and it's like shorter, a little bit shorter on the side, so it's longer in the front, almost like a really, really, really long mohawk. Mm-hmm. Um, like that's the Viking in me loving that sort of vibe, the sort of thing. If you only were to have one hairstyle forever, that'd be the one that I would commit to. Yeah, I know you really want me to regrow my hair out and to do like a shaved head Viking style. The, the only said, problem with that. No, you say this. You keep seeing me look at pictures of men with hair like that and saying, do you want me to do that? I'm like, you're fine, hun. And in your head, you're thinking, oh, my God, she's never going to love me again until I do this with my hair. Uh, no, you keep looking at these pictures going. <sighs> I do not sigh like that. And if I do, it's because I want that hair. <laughs> <laughs> you could have the hair a lot easier than I could. <laughs> Um, uh, my hair was awful when it was long. It was it it, it gets very weird. yeah unmanageable. unmanageable. That's the nice thing about animation. You can draw people having the most fantastical hair, and not until you try to cosplay them do you realize just how much of a pain it would be. So, but I do really just enjoy everything about her aesthetic. She rides like little like beater bike, and she has like the lip ring, and she ties the plaid shirt around her waist, which very nineties, so punk, so punk. Uh. So Pearl and Steven are having this nice quiet night at home finishing a puzzle. And uh, I disagree with Amethyst. They could have had a rockin' time putting that puzzle together that night. There's nothing wrong with puzzles. But <laughs> Amethyst uh, gets stood up by Greg, who realized he had plans to go play cards with Vidalia, which, again, and I wouldn't v- go Fidalia play Vidalia and Barb. And, uh, and Barb threatened to not bring me mail if I didn't come. And Barb is not one of empty threats. <laughs> a great cut in that. A great cut in that episode. And so uh, Amethyst doesn't want to go stag. And Pearl says, you know what? I can be cool. Oh, look, a sky piece. I can be cool. (laughs) Here, let's get dressed up. And another great Pearl outfit comes out with this leather jacket and these jeans. And they're off to go have fun. And she talks about drinking juice and how cul-de-sacs are only 70 years old and all of these fun references. And then she walks in and the whole episode is like, what? Who now? And, uh, I think the funnest, the funnest, the most fun thing for me about this scene is that they actually had this rocker, Nick Kroll, come in and do the songs. Mike Kroll. Mike, excuse me. Yeah. Mike Kroll, who does 
the songs that his band actually does. Like, these are actual songs that he already did that the show is like, oh, could we use these for the show? And that's a fun trivia. He actually comes back to work on the Steven Universe movie, too. So his oh. music does feature in there, too. But what a perfect song for them chased by the cops trying to do that reverse pull behind the billboard, which is such a great way to get out of it. Hang on. <laughs> uh, that he fuzzy actually, guitar. Oh, so fun. He actually makes an appearance as the the rocker in the, the where they end up going to mm-hmm. in the, uh, the end of the episode. Um, that's really, I didn't realize that, um, that, 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 that was his songs or his band's songs. I actually checked out a couple of his stuff on YouTube while I was doing research for this episode. It's fun. It's, it's very punk white, uh, black keys sort of, I love that fuzzy guitar sound. So it's cool to have. Very faded, very, very garage band-esque. It's, it's meant to sound that way. Um, this whole episode is Steven, not Steven, um, a Pearl episode. No, sorry. It is a very Pearl-heavy he- episode. That's not what I was trying to say. It is very... I said this to you after that episode, and I'm forgetting the name. Um, uh, blah, blah, blah versus the world. Um, Man versus the world? No. Oh. Uh, where he, dude meets girl at a party. It, you said it was like Scott Pilgrim. Scott Pilgrim versus the, un- or versus the world. Um, or versus the universe. Um, he, uh, this whole episode is very like has that really cool super indie rock, um, with a little bit of like uh heavy or more well known stuff, um, like weird uh situations and people like like act- acting both in their characters and out of their characters. It's it is very Scott Pilgrim esque, um, and then uh, the music is very Scott Pilgrim. So I, I, I was like, this whole episode, is, and then even like the credits as like uh, Pearl as the rebel and uh, Amethyst as the wingman and, and Stephen as the uh, voice of reason. It's like that's Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> this is so whole episode is an homage. Come it on. D- well, it's like a coming of age story, isn't it? Yeah. But told from this perspective of a character who's thousands of years old. Yeah, like, like this is her becoming a uh, uh, her the teenage rebellion, if you will. Mm-hmm. I think the reason I like it so much, and I will paraphrase from the AV Club a little bit on their reviewer, uh, the idea that this episode is important and good, and we should see the mystery girl again, is that Pearl becomes more open to human attachments in this. She's either usually a mother or a goofy teacher, but this is the first time that she's had an emotional connection to a human being that isn't particularly related to her. One that she is interested in because she's usually very aloof from humanity. She doesn't like interact with them that much. Humans are still kind of weird to her. So to actually give her a human love interest lets her be more of the world, lets her be a bit more human. A bit understand a little bit more of why she's protecting this, 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 this planet. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I love this episode. It's a fun episode. Um, Pearl's outfit is, is beautiful. Um, her, her jacket's like, I can make this look even better because look at this. And she pops her collar and that's not how the color's supposed to go. <laughs> how cool is that? So, and, uh, Stephen's saying, are you kidding? I haven't been so terrified since you almost killed me that one time. Like, <laughs> this is you were crazy you're on fire and then for her to finally go and talk to the girl just being herself and uh when she comes back she says uh how'd you get your hair dyed that way and she's, and i said that i'm a being of light and our bodies are just physical manifestations of our energies and she's like i feel that i feel that <laughs> 
intense. It's deep, bro. It's deep. And then gives her her number. And so, but she walked away and she just gave me this weird coat. And she's like, <laughs> you got digits, bro. Um, so I, I, I love, I just, I love this entire episode. It's, it's, it's so Pearl and it's so not Pearl. It's such a great episode. And we get a good moment between her and Amethyst too. Amethyst is nice to her and like Amethyst and um, uh, Pearl have absolutely grown a lot closer since the kindergarten. They like they were kind of rough with each other. Um, I think probably since Rose died. Um, so they've had been deal- had been dealing this for ye- with each other for years. But finally, since the kindergarten, where Amethyst just kind of laid it all out, and Pearl's like, "No, I like who you are. I like." who you have become and who you are being and we just have to learn how to get along better it's okay that we're different we just have to figure out how that mixes and this is this is a great episode showing and there's um because there was an episode uh where it brings out um their their fusion and it there was no conflict they just went into their fusion and then and it was it was very easy for them um and then this one shows it and there's actually another episode i think it's the very next episode we show that they get along incredibly well it's growth on both of their parts so mm-hmm. um i do have a fun little piece of trivia before we move into that Tell me. um Dee uh magno hall the voice actress for pearl was worried about her children seeing pearl running the red light in this episode oh that warms my heart <laughs> so wholesome steven Buckle your seatbelts. We're going for a joy ride. It's so funny. It's like, I don't have a license. What? Why don't you have a license? Well, it's not like I can go into the DMV and get one. Why not? I'm a thousand years old and I'm an alien. I technically shouldn't even be here legally. Wait a minute. Uh, we go into our next episode, Onion Gang. Oh, no. So it's not this not episode. Yet. It's, it's an episode further down. Onion brings Steven into the woods to introduce him to his friends and have a fun day. I I don't think this pull, this twist works nearly as well as the writers thought. And I think you might feel me on this, that the whole point was Stephen thought he was donating his time and need to Onion. And then the twist is supposed to be, oh, actually, Onion was donating his time to me because I don't have any friends. Stephen is friends with anyone and everyone. He could have gone and hung out with Buck. He could have gone and hung out with Lars and Sadie. He could have done literally anything with anyone. And it was weird of the show to be like, oh, he doesn't have friends. and. It's important that you treat Onion like a real person, even as we continue to pretend, continue to show that maybe he's not. Maybe he's just a chaotic, neutral demon. Uh, the best thing about going back to old Steven universes is looking at old fan theories. Apparently, people were convinced for quite some time that Onion was White Diamond. Like in a serious, what? in a serious, not serious way, in a wouldn't it be funny, but what if? And. Yeah, there's so many fun theories that were floating around back in the day about Onion, who just doesn't really show his emotions on his sleeve or just, you know, shows. I, I, I don't I don't understand that. And the fact of the matter is, is I, I, I don't know enough about White Diamond to understand why that that theory even would hold water to begin me with. Either. So. It just seems strange to me. I don't like Onion. <laughs> I don't like Onion in the slightest. So I think that they need to, like, all these episodes that center around Onion really just need to stop. I hope this is one of the last ones um, because, like, 
there have been better ones, but like the ones that focus around Onion are some of the weaker episodes for Steven Universe. Not the weakest. We are we all know the weakest one. Some of us do. Uncle Grandpa. Uh but the the fact of the matter is is Onion is he's an interesting character, but the way they use him is not interesting. They just like th- instead of having this interesting character and putting him into interesting situations, a la almost every other character for the show, Onion is just this like they have a character like okay, he's an- um he's basically anarchy personified, but we have a really wholesome show. What do we do? So they just kind of like okay, that didn't stick. That didn't stick. That didn't stick. It almost stuck. It's like they they keep trying and they keep trying and they keep trying. They're just nothing's really sticking. So they're just they keep like they keep throwing spaghetti at the wall with onion when they don't have to. There are other other stories from Beat City that they could tell. I think I've liked onion episodes when they've uh, treated onion as a gateway. When you open up and you realize, oh, this is actually a story about Amethyst and Onion's mom and how they used to be such good friends. And that's that's the opening or when um, th- I think that's better than when Onion is treated as a mirror to reflect on Stephen. Hey, you are like me. I should be a better person. I like Onion better as a gateway than a mirror. And I think this is a mirror episode. Yeah. Like the first episode with the guys when he like was using the replicator one. That was not a great episode, but the 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 one with Amethyst and Vidalia that's a better that's probably the best of the onion centric episodes. Um, besides that and the the chaps episode, I don't remember which one that was, <laughs> but the this one is is it's not weak. It's not the weakest one, but it is weaker because you have some actually some interesting characters with these kids, but. Nothing really happens because only one of them talks and he only says his name. That's not the issue is the issue is that they have to go through this whole thing of Steven thinks he's donating his time to Onion. But in reality, it's Onion donating his time. And it that's unnecessary. Just have Steven go with Onion and meet these kids and these kids. The message feels too straightforward that your summer friends leave and it's okay because you had a nice time together and that's the important thing. But it just feels a little too straightforward for a show like Steven Universe. Literally, they have to shove this into it like in the last minute or last couple minutes. And Steven has to narrate and come up with all this because he's the only one talking in the episode. Yeah, like why not just – there's there's other ways to show this non-verbally instead of having a literal narration from Steven. Mm -hmm. It's like – this is this is a weak episode, and honestly, the IMDb ratings show that. I don't know. Um, I can't remember. I think there's a fun little episode highlight, though, uh, when the kids are exposing themselves in the trench coat to take pictures of startled passerby, and they pan down to one picture of Garnet just giving them a thumbs up. Like, Oh, um, I didn't see that. Yeah, so it pans from all the people they saw, and then you just see this little snapshot of Garnet like, Oh, cool. I thought you were like a kid fusion. This is pretty oh. bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was the episode in season three that we were both kind of like, eh, it's not that great of an episode. You liked it more than Uncle Grandpa. Um, I'm not so sure. It's It's been such a long time. If I had to guess, it would be... Alone at Snow? Greg the Babysitter? No. 
Restaurant Wars? Drop Beat Dad. The new Lars, maybe? There's I, like there's a couple dro- maybe dropping that but like some of them that like are in the sevens are still like good episodes. They have something redeeming about them. This one, the IMDB rating is six point three, which is not, especially for this show, is like a failure. Um going back to Uncle Grandpa, which I think is at the end of season one on IMDB. Um I'm sure it's in the same range. Uh, I think if it's not lower, say uncle is five, five point five. Um, but there was, I remember there was an episode that like, you were like, Oh no, this is worse than, uh, oh, kindergarten uncle. kid at the very oh. beginning of season four. Yeah. That's 7.9. This is I, 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 like, I mean, then just off of the IMDB ratings again, I think they just didn't use onion appropriately in this particular episode. I, and I agree. He, he is an interesting character with being anarchy personified. You can do a lot. They don't do anything with him. I don't, I don't think they know what to do with him. If he does turn out to be a white diamond, I won't be surprised. I don't <laughs> think he it's, is. It's not. It's, yeah. just, it's just fun to say. Yeah, that's just a weird... That's a, that'd be really... It would be weak. It's Hans being the, 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 the bad guy in Frozen Week. Fair enough. So uh, let's get into our second of uh, first was Bismuth. And now we have Jem Harvest, another 22 minute long episode. When Stephen visits Lapis and Parada at the barn, they get an unexpected visit from Greg's grumpy cousin, Andy. To get to know his uncle and make him feel at home, Stephen attempts to host a family dinner with Andy, Greg and the Gems. I like how they kind of incorporate different seasons and different holidays into um uh in, in, into the into the episodes like i didn't even realize what they were trying to do with this until the very end of the episode yeah it just kind of snuck up on me it was when you're very... not watching it when it's happening you could be forgiven for not realizing most shows don't do a change of seasons unless like if, for example gravity falls is very important that it goes from summer to summer yeah it has to stay, it in, has summer. To stay in summer uh steven universe does a good job of having them actually uh, exhibit seasons as they go through especially with steven wearing that cute little sweater which i absolutely want oh it is adorable yes mm-hmm. um what do you think about this oh episode? holy crap oh wait, wait sorry no I, I i there's a random connection um that i just realized Tell me. I, okay so in this episode we meet part of um greg's family uh, we meet his cousin, uh, Andy. Which we had no idea that Stephen had any other living family members. None, None. whatsoever. Um, the uh, the big thing was is that um, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, the voice actor for um, Andy is the a gentleman by the name of Dave Willis or Will. Yeah, Willis, not Willis, not Wills, Willis. Um, he, his voice sounds incredibly familiar because I, I'm like, I, I've heard this voice um, um, plenty of times because it is basically uh, Carl the neighbor from uh, Aqua Teen Hunger Force uh, for those who have seen that experience. I don't know if weird, I can call it a show. For the weird Venn diagram of people who like Steven Universe and Aqua Teen Hunger Force, which it, is It's a little know? it's a little larger. No, it's a little <laughs> larger than that. I wouldn't say it's a, a almost circle. It's it's a but it is a little larger than just me. Um didn't realize this. 
Uh, he also voices uh, a character by the name of Barry on Archer. Oh. <laughs> yeah, he, um, uh, it's. Again, yeah, I've only seen I can Archer hear... from behind a book as you've been watching it while I've been reading and doing other things. <laughs> he, it is a, um, it's a very weird connection, but he's also a, a, a writer of a lot of different things. So it's very interesting. I'm, I'm, he's, he has his hands in a lot of different things. So, um, I've heard, uh, one of the main voice actors from Aquatine Teen Hunger Force in a kid's show as well. And, um, in other shows as well. So he's, um, so it's very interesting to see the, these, these guys who, who are like, who make the rounds on some of these adult swim shows also go like, you know, I want to be, uh, I want to do something with more oomph behind it. And, you know, this guy turning in a really good performance on Jim Harvest. So it's kind of interesting. Well, I think the character is good, but it's kind of weird to see the real issue of bigotry be presented in a really human way in Steven Universe. This is beyond gems being bred for specific purposes and looking down on fusion. These are all analogs to real world events that we can use as a way to discuss them. But Andy is straight up, oh, you're legal aliens and that's the important thing. Oh, Greg, you left your family to go be with a bunch of randos. You didn't Hippies. Yeah, he, he has a very... You know, at what point in the Steven Universe universe can we say, like, this is a real thing that can't be overcome with a nice dinner and season? And, like, why did he have to already come to terms with it by the end of this episode? Because I just don't think it's very realistic. To me, it makes more sense if he came back later and, like, had to, like, learn. And it took him time to overcome this particular prejudice. It just doesn't, it feels very much like... It's, it's it's almost incidental that he gets over the gems because it's really about him and Greg and how Greg turned his back on his family for what looks like a pretty healthy and happy relationship with what he did with Rose and with the gems and with his music and his art. Like, that seems good. It seems like Andy is the one who actually kind of, in desiring so much for things to say the same, refused to see anyone. Like, you know, Greg left and, you know, I think he's right to say, well... How's Aunt Deb? I'm not, why, why do you care? You haven't asked for 20 years. Why would you care? But then he realizes he has, the own, he has a similar problem, too. He did the exact same thing. He could have seen all of his family members when they moved away, but he didn't because he was so upset that things hadn't stayed the same. And so after coming to all the terms with all of that, it then feels also to, to mend a relationship with Greg to then also say, and I also get over my bigotry for these hippie aliens. I mean, I don't know if he's necessarily like over his bigotry, but he's certainly trying to work through it. It just seems strange for it to happen all over one Thanksgiving dinner. It felt a little, uh, gosh, sitcom-y. You introduce a character who doesn't get along, and you have one big family dinner and one big outburst and one big makeup, and now everything's back to normal. I don't know. It's not like it's bad. I just think it's a weird turn for the show to take. Not that he's Not that Andy should be beyond redemption, just that it's a weird shift for the show. And there's really great stuff in here. I like that they're like, oh, we have to make a really big Earth holiday celebration. Oh, we've got this. Since you're so into marriage, we figured we'd all just marry each other. And they bring a wedding cake with 15 generic-looking people on it. And they, uh, uh, sorry about your marriage, rip Andy on a tombstone. Just all these fun tactics. And I like the show, and I like all the gems being together. It just feels like it somehow, in one of the longer episodes, got rushed his character arc 
sorry for my hot take. I've completely disrailed the podcast. I'd say, like, I don't necessarily agree, but, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. Because the the fact is, is it is over kind of one episode. But I don't think, you know, his character arc is complete. I, I can say that we don't see him again. Um, but there are plenty of those characters that we don't really, we probably won't ever really see again. But it, it does kind of go to show that, you know, uh, Greg did have family that he did not not necessarily abandon, but he did kind of leave, if you will, and he did kind of have a life that he again he did leave to go be either Greg Universe or you know to be with Rose, mm -hmm. and he was very willing to do it because of whatever reason. And I think what happens is they were maybe either closed minded or a little bit backwards, and we've all had people in our lives like that, or even in our own families like that. Um, and, you know, Greg even says at one point, it's like, you know, you have to kind of be patient with Andy. He's a little stuck in his ways. Like he says that it feels like an excuse, like an excuse I'm not happy about, an excuse like you hate when a family member would make excuses for someone that has treated you poorly and you just have to say, well, that's just who they are. Well, no, that's just a person being mean. It's not okay to excuse the people for doing mean things just because they happen to be related to you. Right. So I guess where I'm I'm having trouble um, kind of being on the same level as you is in that same sense, someone who is that way but makes the conscious effort to not only accept a brand new member of his family into his family but this whole other sect of his family – into his his i don't know his heart or his mind whether it's fully and at the end of this episode or not he does allow lapis and um peridot to stay in the barn um even though he doesn't stay there himself um you know he does get upset it's like you know the i learned on it learned how to fly on this plane this is this has a lot of legacy and it's neat, it probably shows that the gems need to you know appreciate what they have and maybe you know, look into it a little bit more, but at the same time, they had no reason to look into it. But yeah, it strikes me as a man who is more concerned with the past than the that, future. That's dead than the living present. You're you're absolutely right. Like I, I this mean, plane is more important than your livelihoods. Yeah, and and he he takes a, it does take him a little bit to realize it's like, well, this old engine that wasn't doing anything that probably was beyond repair to be a plane engine is now a oven and it's like well you know they did a really good job with that and it and so yeah it is a 22 minute episode instead of an 11 minute episode so it takes its entire length for him to go from you know a curmudgeon bigot if you will to a um a, a lot more accepting of a person whether that's a completely accepting person or not i have no idea it's hard for people to change completely but for someone like this guy, as he is being presented, to say, you know, like, hey, I'm happy that, you know, Greg not only has someone, people that he fits in with, but my my nephew, my you know cousin nephew, is is happy. And, you know, because Steven is the one that goes after him and is like, hey, I want you to be a part of my life. And Steven even has a very poignant moment with this um, that. It's 
it's hard to kind of show it's hard to kind of feel that way to kind of stay staying on that level it's like he does kind of grow yeah it, it, it does feel a little rushed but sometimes these things are rushed or sometimes they do happen quickly I don't feel it's lazy writing that it happened in one episode because again it was a 22 minute episode um some things that have have happened quicker in this show I mean would it have it would it have been a would have been stronger for it to happen over multiple episodes yes but I don't think that this was the focus of the show. I think they wanted to show this character, show some of Greg's background, and to have kind of a little bit of excuse to have a, a Thanksgiving dinner, family reunion, and then, you know, have um, a, a, a bigoted character change his ways a little bit. So uh, a little bit all in the family. So there's there's a few uh, episodes that we like to say this is, reminds me of blah this reminds me you know um last one out of Beach City reminds me of Scott Pilgrim um even the name last one out of Beach City is probably a reference to something uh whereas with this one Jim Harvest the the name of it does it's it's you know Harvest so Thanksgiving but this is definitely it kind of feels like a all in the family episode mm-hmm. is it a little sitcommy yeah but I think that where that's a little bit where it lies in his strength. It feels a little sitcommy, but it's not sitcommy. I think it's where it's transgressive is where it succeeds. Where it thrives is them like figuring out how to harvest the gems with their powers, and uh, yeah, like learning how to cook and all them hanging out together and sharing stories that Andy just doesn't get because he hasn't been part of that experience. Uh, and then Peridot and Lapis making just the worst offhanded jokes that only they really can laugh at because it's only oh my really God. happened to them. <laughs> yeah, I think you and I had to pause that episode at that point where it's like uh, it, like everyone's joking and laughing, everyone's joking, laughing, everyone's joking, laughing, and then those two cousins are that one couple that makes a joke that only they get, or it's like that so dark inc- humor. Yeah, so, so incredibly dark that you don't feel comfortable laughing at it because it's their trauma and they're allowed to joke about it. <laughs> yeah, it's like like <laughs> <laughs> uh, there were um, a lot of nice moments on this one. Uh, you actually found the little piece of trivia that Stephen is now actually named after uh, DeMeo anyway, is Nick DeMeo, the series animation director. You caught that in the credits as it was rolling by. Yeah. And then actually, uh, Rebecca uh, Stephen Sugar is where Stephen gets his first name from. Oh. Like Rebecca Sugar. Yeah, because uh, that's her brother. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a, he is something... Like uh, he is he he works on the show as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the cute little pumpkin puppy dog. Oh adorable. my god, that is adorable! And the way they frame Stephen <laughs> carving a jack o' lantern as like this terrifying threat. It's all good. And it's like it's so weird because like I've seen like when they have uh uh nowadays when we carve pumpkins we use like the the saw and it's like this is terrifying if the... these were sentient. <laughs> uh. I was like, uh, and it, like and that poor thing, like, it, of course, it loves Steven because it came from Steven. And it's like, uh, and it, go, it and it's like, it runs to Lapis and Peridot. And it's now it's like Lapis and Peridot are that lesbian couple that lives in the country that adopts a dog. Yes, very much so. Yeah. Uh, 
So we move on to our next episode, Three Gems and a Baby, which is absolutely a reference. Oh, God, yeah. Greg tells Stephen about his first winter as a baby. When Stephen was only a few months old, the gems were still struggling to understand that Rose Quartz had performed to allow Stephen to be born and wasn't coming back. We still don't know how exactly Rose Quartz gave birth and gave up her form at the same time to have Stephen. And it's just getting annoying at this point because I want to know just the physics of that. I must know. You have to tell me now. Do I want Greg to sing a song about the birth of his son? Maybe, maybe not. Perhaps that might be a little too heart, uh, heart-rending. I don't know. <laughs> uh, it, when we find out the exact way she does it, it is going to hurt. Uh-huh. Whether it's going to hurt in a um, good way or in a bad way, I have no idea. I think the whole thing with uh, Stephen saying, yeah, you guys have changed a lot since then, and showing Pearl uh, making tea for Greg shows that she's grown closer to Greg. Giving the tea back to, uh, and giving the tea back to Amethyst shows that she has grown quite a bit. So I, I really, I loved that kind of nonverbal confirmation of that. I thought that was really neat. It's great storytelling, and it's great animation yeah. in the show, don't tell category. Steven's saying it. It's literally happening, but we can see it, too. So it has greater depth, greater weight. Exactly. Um, I really do like that it's snowing in the flashback as well as in real time as they're telling it. I love the tradition stands that Greg always sings these flashbacks to Steven. I love this song too. It is so, it's not like one of my favorite songs. It is just such a beautiful song. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really quite nice. And again, the more songs we hear, the more and more I really appreciate what the soundtrack does, not just in a score sense, but in that musicality sense. All right, so let's let's go ahead and move on because the next few episodes are big. Actually, I would say all five of our next episodes that we're going to talk about are completely related. It's the same arc. It's the same story being carried out over these episodes. So it starts with Stephen's dream. Stephen begins to have a strange dream that causes him to cry, which he quickly realizes is related to Pink Diamond. When he asks the gems to give him information about Pink Diamond, they refuse to give any. So Stephen and Greg travel to Korea to find the truth themselves. Oh, my gosh. Oh, that reveal of Blue Diamond. Oh, just out of nowhere. And the voice acting for Blue Diamond is so soft-spoken. In a way, I'm a little mad because we always have to crank up the volume whenever we hear Blue Diamond talk. But another way, it's so powerful in its quietness. This large, imposing, intimidating creature just being so soft and so quiet. This actress only has... Two, she only has three actress credits to her name. Uh, she's a bunch of um, uh, music uh, or song or sound department soundtrack um, to, uh, credits to her name, but she only has three actress credits: Steven Universe, Steven Universe the movie, uh, both as Blue Diamond, and Song of the Sea. <gasps> yeah. Oh, Rebecca, Rebecca Sugar cast her um, because after she watched that movie, it's not one of her an- favorite animated films. Song of the Sea is on our list. We, yes, it we is are, absolutely on our list. We have got to watch it. Absolutely. I, we are getting more and more in love with the French animation the longer we do this podcast. Yeah. There's so many good ones. Um, I love that Stephen cries. I love these giant tears acting in the same way that Blue Diamond's tears act. It's such a a creepy way to tie it all together. And I love that he can, again, astral project himself into other people's metaphysical spaces. And it's not, don't you do this. Are you? Just come on, baby. 
Come on, baby. It, it's going to work. Hang on. Okay. We got this, everyone. All right, it's still going. Okay. Ooh, not again. We can't keep doing this. I'm Hurt just, my heart. I'm just going to leave it here. I'm Is not everything else it. shut down besides that? I'm going to, oh, you know what? I'm going to turn this off. There's, a, there's always a program. There's always an extra program that doesn't need to be up and running. Equipment. I should have done this before, but um, yeah, it's, it, 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 he, he, this is one of his powers that he does not have control of. It's one of a, a few powers that he doesn't have real control of yet, but this is like his biggest power that he does not have control of yet. He can kind of understand some things, but like, excuse me, um, the astral projection, like when he goes into Lars with the new Lars or with Lapis you know, and uh, communicating with her, he does not understand this power in the slightest and it's getting to a point where, like, it's kind of like it reminds me a little bit of Harry Potter and um, when he astral projects. I don't know. Oh, if yeah. Learning. And he's trying to take uh, occupancy uh, lessons. <sighs> that and was the worst part of that book. <laughs> we could go on and on about Harry Potter and yeah. we will. Uh, but with this <laughs> one, the uh, the palanquin comes back into play from the book that we saw in uh, Buddy's Adventures earlier this season. Uh, they uh, now I will say that my favorite part of this episode, besides the reveal of Blue Diamond, is uh, Greg and Steven just being the biggest tourists in Korea. It's really fabulous, and it grounds it in a way that I had forgotten that Steven Universe takes place in like our world. I'm like, oh, <laughs> Korea is an actual place here. Okay, let's go there. And while we're to, there, to I an mean, extent, I think that. Oh, oh my God. Okay. This is actually the perfect time to bring this up too. Do oh it, my god! It. Oh my god! Oh my god! Okay, so there. I think it's Russia. Russia refuses to show the show, uh, to air the show. Period, because of how open it is about homosexuality, or that it basically touches on homosexuality and everything like that. So they wrote out Russia. That's why the map looks weird. That's why. That's part of the reason why the map looks weird. They it takes place in an alternate universe where. The world has changed because uh, they're supposedly um, Beach City takes place in a um, alternate or a mix between like Delaware and Maine or something like that or right. and Delaware how, and New Hampshire. Like New Jersey exists, but New York City does not. Exactly. Um, so it's um, it, it's very weird. Uh, <laughs> but So the, I the, love that because I'm like, this map is almost the world, but it's not. So they literally just. They, they literally wrote out Russia. Don't exist. Yeah. It, because they're like, well, we're not going to show your show. Okay, you don't exist in our universe. Beautifully petty. Beautifully you, just. It's, just, it's just, just the right amount of petty. So I, I just remember that. So that's probably why I like, because it shows the world at one point, and it's like, Russia's not there. That's why. Okay. We could uh, we could talk on and on, but here's the most important thing about this episode. <laughs> Do we think that Garnet was justified in not telling Stephen what exactly was there? No. Thank you. If she had said it, he, I, again, it's one of those, if she, I told you, you just want it more. No, because if you told it, like. It, I mean, it, it made it more interesting. Yeah, if you told it, like, no, Blue Diamond is there, and she will capture all of us, I don't think he'd go then. Like, that's that's the thing. Like, the, the palanquin would still be there later. It's only because Blue Diamond is there that Garnet's like, mm, no, can't, not right now, sorry. And it's it's weak every time an omniscient character does it. If I told you how, like, even in um, Avengers. It's like if I told you how it wouldn't happen, but he, but Tony Stark knows he's in the correct timeline because 
we still have one chance. So Doctor Strange being, I can't tell you, and then just giving them the one finger. It's like, you can't have <laughs> it both ways. And the good finger, too. And the good finger. You can't have it both ways, movie. You can't say, yeah. I can't tell you, and then give you a hint. <laughs> I, so I, I'm... I'm yeah, I'm, I'm in agreement with you. Like, I, I can see Steven still wanting to go because it's Blue Diamond and he, him maybe wanting to meet the diamond or, you know, maybe wanting to see the diamond. But I think he would understand the risk that it is. It's a rare mistake by Garnet because she says it and I get why she did it. She didn't want all of them captured. Like, that's important that they She's aren't afraid. discovered. She is, like, terrified. And it's it's because of um um uh Sapphire. Uh, it is 100% a sapphire. Oh, yeah, because Blue Down was the one who wanted to have her shadowed for her unnatural attachment to Ruby. Yeah, like, I yep. mean, absolutely. Um, so, Greg gets captured and taken to space, <laughs> and it's time to go to space in Adventures in Light Distortion. Yes, this is... Uh, After Greg is abducted by Blue Diamond, Steve and the Gems rush off into space with a Ruby ship to rescue him. Faster than light travel has unexpected effects on the Gems' bodies, and in Steven's haste, he puts himself and the Gems in danger. It, uh, this is a funny episode, and then it gets really like dark, dark, so dark. Like, it gets to that point. Very few shows and movies can get me to the point where I believe, oh, yeah, they're all going to die, or oh, it's he's not going to make it out of this because it's usually just a twist. Like, I mean, of course, he's going to, he's the main character, he's the protagonist, of course, he will. But they manage to pull that flip off effectively by the end where he tries to reach the console and can't, and then just completely like gives up and emotionally breaks down and realizes that this is all his fault i will say that garnet does say the right thing whenever someone says it's all my fault and then you have to say well no it's the people who did the bad things it's their fault the people who do bad things don't have to do the bad things just regardless of your mistakes they don't have to choose to do the bad things that they do i um it, it, this when he gives up and he's trying to reach the console and he and he or he reach, tries to reach the console and he gives up and he starts crying and like you know saying like how wrong he was and everything like that that was the Steven Universe equivalent of the toys accepting their fate in Toy Story 3 oh, that, that was yeah that was rough just like this is it and I did it and I, I let everyone down we also get a really, uh, again, more body horror, and we get some <laughs> wonderful plays with the idea of light and space, because with the ship traveling faster than light and the gems being nothing more than physical manifestations of light, they are literally reduced to their gem state, their physical forms too slow to catch up with the ship as it's traveling. Like, that's such brilliant ideas that you're playing around with in space. Yeah, I, I, the way I understood it is that their physical forms were actually traveling further behind the ship. Because they were, they were too slow. They couldn't catch up because the ship was going faster than light than can travel. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's great. It's a great science joke. Uh, much, <laughs> much like She-Ra, Steven Universe going to space is like a highlight. Like, oh, and now we're in space. Here we go. <laughs> space. space. Science. Uh, science. It's, it's very good, and it's a good way to get Steven to emotionally process what has happened and to be ready to save his dad, which we get to in Gem Heist. The gems reach a space station that once belonged to Pink Diamond and sneak in to rescue Greg, but in order to do so, they must play the roles they were made for so as not to arouse suspicion. This, uh, is, a, this is a good episode because, like, oh, my God, do they have to, like, really pull... Um, it is a heist. I mean, it's a Mission Impossible. And how great it is to play off the stereotypes of the culture that they were created in. 
like Ruby's a dumb Ruby. Amethyst is just a grunt. The Sapphire can't make any wrong choices or decisions because she is so such a beautiful clarity. Oh, my clarity. What a wonderful question you have just asked. And when the human asks, it's like, oh, what noise is it making? Uh, it's Holly Blue, what a great character. I love this character. Just this person who's like, shape up, shape up. The diamonds are coming. Oh, my grace, your clarity. How wonderful to see you both. You both are here. Oh, how wonderful. Uh, it's so good and uh, all of them trying to Pearl trying to open doors and does your Pearl always walk walk beside you that way Mm, chatty this one just all these little digs at how they're supposed to be in this society Um, but all of that basically all of that is preface to our final two episodes this was still a uh, a good episode Um, the uh, the, because it's just it's so it's the, it's that funny it's like it's awkward it's awkward it's awkward it's awkward like hey how ah, you doing? sweat uh, awkward looks yeah like <laughs> oh yeah uh oh, yeah i first uh ruby just going to stand like three steps back and just saying explosion <laughs> uh uh i mean there's some I accidentally left on the hyperdrive. I foresaw this would happen, for I am a sapphire, you know. Just such <laughs> such great, like terrible improv that gets eaten up by a gem that doesn't ever think that they would be possibly capable of subterfuge or that they would want to in any way. It, this was uh oh man. This was a great episode. Uh to just to see the gems just kind of be like eh, and like is she going to open the door or what? <laughs> or what? Uh, of course, uh, it ends with um, that Ruse is actually not given up, but it turns out that Blue Diamond is on her way back to uh, this this station, this zoo that Pink Diamond made for the humans from her planet. Uh, and Steven gets taken and put into the zoo in the zoo. Steven finds Greg in Pink Diamond's human zoo and tries to look for a way out. This proves easier said than done, as the humans there are guided through a strictly scheduled and regimented life. Steven just getting put into a, ah, loincloth. Uh, I don't know what his deal with loincloths are. And there must be something really wrong with them. Yeah. Uh, and they all get these little earrings with this kindly voice in their head saying, it's time to eat now. Isn't the food delicious? Yeah, moving on to the zoo, it's just like, this is a weird episode. It's like... We must go frolic now. <laughs> and they're uh, all named numbers and letter combinations because they're the great, 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 great grandchildren of the first people here in the human zoo. It's probably some like random like number and letter generator that they're just like, we must give them some sort of We have to give them something. Yeah. And like it's Greg and Steven because everything is two syllables for their particular culture. Names. Y6, J10. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you, you're right. You were thinking, oh, what terrible kind of places this animals, ke- humans kept in cages like animals. It's like, no, they actually have a pretty good life here, and they've never known sadness. They, they have no idea what this is. There is no opposite of happy. What do you mean? I don't feel sad or bad. Or what is the opposite? What is not happy? I don't know what that is. I couldn't possibly know. And all of them just having like the the most beautiful, simple pastoral lifestyle that Greg is absolutely getting brainwashed into, without a doubt. Like this is pretty cool here. Just getting, just eating it up. Just um, Greg, nom, nom, you nom, hippie, hair braided flower child, get get it together. You're in a human zoo. <laughs> <laughs> like you're in a human goddamn zoo. And I do like that the turn, the the choosing 
uh, is where the whole thing turns on its head like, oh, we're being forcefully paired off to mate. Oh, no. <laughs> there's, there's always a problem with these utopias. There's always a problem. <laughs> there's always a catch. It's never just this or that. There's, there's no perfect society, is there? <laughs> yeah. And then uh, it's like the choosing. That's just such a so good. awful name anyways. <laughs> I don't want to be choosing. Like. Uh, back on Earth, you can choose. You can choosing whoever you want. Oh, well then I choose in Greg, and I choose in Greg too. We all choose in Greg. No, 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 no. I have to choose you back. Oh, you're saying no to us? I'm gonna cry. <laughs> I hurt on the inside. I don't know what this is. I will never choose anything again. Oh yes, you will. Oh, the the beautiful, the beautiful pure amethyst coming in to like settle down this teary crying riot basically acting like best friends to all these humans <laughs> like, <laughs> come down we'll talk about it it's fine you'll be okay <laughs> no. uh, you'll find someone else to choose in with there are plenty of fish in the sea <laughs> just this beautiful stuff <laughs> uh and then it takes us to the last of this set of episodes this well there's this cluster there is another one after this but it um we'll we'll talk about that it's uh, an aftermath episode and yeah. we are going to translate it to our the, next the next one which uh, is... so the final one we're going to talk about which is the biggest and best one and i'm glad we're ending Ooh, on it yeah that will be all while Blue Diamond and Yellow Diamond argue over their diverging ways of coping with Pink Diamond's death, Steve and Greg and the Crystal Gems attempt to escape the space station before they are discovered. Oh, oh man. So, turns out Yellow Diamond is also here at the space station. Um, the imagery of their two different armed spaceships just circling above the space station. Again, Pink Diamond's space station and... Yellow Diamond's fist and Blue Diamond's opening hand just encircling it. Again, such interesting visual language that the cartoon is using. But uh, Yellow Diamond is back. Steven and Greg make it out of the... Uh, they try to escape the zoo and an, amethyst and, an, and an amethyst grabs them, takes them to where actual amethyst, our amethyst is. And it turns out that she has... She's like sorority sisters with all of these amethysts because they're all from <laughs> Earth. We're, we're skinny out. We're skinny out. What do you want, shorty? And then it's like, and then like, because they, they keep they're saying like their their designation numbers. And then they're like they're all like five, blah 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 blah. And that's like they're like, yeah, we kept wondering where five seven two two is. And then and she just never came out. That was me, you guys. That was me. And then like, and then another one. It's like comes around. And it's like, uh. Oh wait, where is seven two eight two? And it's and they're like, I don't know. And then all of a sudden, this other one just pops in, and it's like, I'm not the shortest anymore. It's like it's so adorable. Oh, I love her being best bros with all of them. Like it's so great, and I I love that it's just organic. Of course, yep. they they're all from Earth. Of course, they'd hang out and be friends with each other. This is great, and you even see the amethyst that came out of the beta kindergarten and how as peridot said they aren't none of them are perfectly made just like her yeah because like you had the like the super skinny one or like the the little bit more warped ones it's just like like <laughs> and michaela deed's doing the voices for all of them in except slightly for the different variations except for the the skinny and the other one which is which they are jaspers yes which are his voice by the same jasper voice actress mm-hmm um, and again, 
by having a common common enemy in Holly Blue Agate, I think that's the perfect way to yeah. make sure that they would help these refugees from Earth. These these intruders basically just make it out of there. So they uh, run back. They find themselves. Uh, Greg and Stephen get separated. Find themselves in this big room with all of these rose quartz gems bubbled. Hundreds, thousands of them. Rose quartz soldiers. It's just like, oh my God. And you don't even think about that as rose quartz. Again, like the amethyst being so many amethysts, you don't think about that until you see just the little thousands that were bubbled specifically because one of them, just one rose quartz decided to rise up and rebel. All of them were bubbled. All of them. And that's where we get Yellow Diamond coming in, saying that the best thing to do about Pink Diamond. Yes, we miss her. Yes, we must grieve. But why don't you just destroy these things? They're the reason she's gone. And Blue Diamond's saying, but they're the only things we have left of her, just like this station and these humans. We have to keep them. And that leads us to another amazing song. This, uh, like, and I, I, I mentioned this earlier uh, in the podcast, that it's... Um, one of my favorite songs uh, because I I just I love the melody I love the beat of it. Uh, Patty Lapone, uh, this is the first time she sings and she's actually re- really well known for her voice. And this is a great one to kind of like introduce her voice on. Um, and the just the name of the song, "What's the Use of Feeling Blue," Ooh. and it's like there's a lot of connotation behind that. Um, we it, can't even tell until the very end, like. It kind of feels like Yellow Diamond doesn't really miss Pink Diamond the way that Blue Diamond does. I think she does, but, but at the same way, time. Yeah, it feels much more like a, a path of rage than a path of grief. Yeah, and, and I this whole song, again, what's the use of feeling Blue? She, there's there's connot- there's two different connotations of this. What's the use of feeling blue? What's the use of feeling sad? What's the use of um being depressed or you know harping on this or what's you know of, grieving? Yeah, what's the use of feeling blue diamond? Why yeah, feel exactly. hard in your heart? Don't let yeah. these emotions cloud you. Yeah. You stepped on me, but yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> oh no! Uh, but you—you—that's—that's you, that's the point I was trying to make. You—you—you're exactly right. Um, the—the the fact is, is that the second connotation is what is the use of feeling blue? Because she is logical. We saw it with Peridot. We actually—that was our first glimpse of it. Is like um, when we first see Peridot, she unfeelingly, unknowingly just crushes this imperfect bot mm-hmm. and that's her diamond and so it kind of is a reflection of her diamond but even yellow diamond we see in when peridot reaches out to her it's not that yellow diamond is infallible in fact she isn't logical when it comes to earth she will destroy that whole planet regardless of what's on it and for no good reason other than she hates it and that's not logical at all mm-hmm. and see and that's where like peridot was trying to show the logic of keeping it she's just she's being illogical of no i must destroy it so (laughs) there is um and so i i've actually i have the lyrics here um so there is um there's a lot of things that are revealed in this and they actually um like there's a lot of things that are uh, there's a lot of things that are revealed in this and it's like there are some things that are brought up in this so um uh so a sapphire has its use she can tell you what it's for. That's a really, really cool lyric. <laughs> um, an agite terrifies, which uh, the Holly Blue is an agite. Um, a lapis terraforms. That's what lapis lazuli's 
um, point was supposed to be. They were supposed to go to all these worlds and terraform it to get ready for uh, whatever reason. Because Lapis has huge and immense powers, just like. But a- with water, so yeah. that was uh, so she's supposed to help you know either carve out areas with her water or I think other la- uh, other lapises i think because she's a lasley she has water powers i think other lapises have other elemental powers so basically if we had four different lapises we could have we can recreate avatar the last airbender with Steven and everything Universe would characters. be okay until the fire lapis attacked <laughs> so um th- that's one thing that is um revealed in this but it's like uh there's some very interesting uh lyrics in here is like um You've got to be a leader because the all four of the the diamonds were leaders of their own areas. Um, I think what happens is, uh, there and we, we've not really seen. I think they even had their own individual armies or parts of their armies too. We don't know who um, like Lapis's diamond was. We don't know who. Um, well, I'd have to guess Blue Diamond. Either blue, I, I mean, we, we think we from her. If we look at Blue Diamond's pearl, it looks a lot like Lapis Lazuli. God, yes, it does. Um, and even, like, some of her emotions, too. Um, but there's there was something to do with, like, I think it might have been even been White Diamond. We've not seen anyone that says White Diamond. No one has mentioned White Diamond. The only reason we're mentioning it is because it has been mentioned to us. And because we saw a White Diamond shape in some of our things with the centipedal and with the moon base, but we have heard no character mention White Diamond yet, unrevealed. Yeah, see, that's a big thing. Is White Diamond has not been talked about, but the the fact is is that um the the, the but Pink Diamond has just been talked about and talked about and talked about. So either White Diamond is the most highest of the diamonds. And like that is the true leader, or there's some other thing. So that might be like my theory is that White Diamond is the true leader, because mm-hmm. um, I did just see something today, um, which kind of shows me that. But oh, I was thinking that if maybe all three of the diamonds had fused, they formed White Diamond because all oh. colors in a you put them through a prism and they all turn white, like RGB or CMYK. Yeah, because it's close to CMYK. So um, cyan, magenta yellow and then black but there's no black so far mm-hmm. um but the at near the end of the song is is uh wouldn't you rather forget her well wouldn't it be grand to get rid of it all uh let's make of a make a plan and attack um and l- start looking forward and stop looking back uh yes of course we still love her we're always mm-hmm. thinking of her don't you know i miss her too like the, all of this stuff when they talk about pink diamond is very dismissive for yellow diamond, yeah, it's yeah. like some. She's gone. She wasn't as strong as us. We're still here. We have to move on without her. She was weak, and that's why she was broken. Yeah, like why would you employ the subjects that destroyed her? Why would you keep up her silly zoo? Oh, tell me what's the use of feeling blue? Because mm-hmm. there's even a comma there. <laughs> An army use has a uh, army has a use. They can go and fight a war. Sapphire has a use. She can tell you what it's for. I love that line. That's a great line. <laughs> And Sapphire gets a really good scene with Ruby, too, because Sapphire is brought before Blue Diamond. Uh, and she's like, I never requested a human transfer. And Ruby just reaches out and just holds her hand. And she's like, oh, I foresaw that you would want some humans. And she's like, 
yeah, she's right. It's true. And then just backs right out. And how crazy is it that they, that this, this blue diamond doesn't recognize the sapphire and ruby in front of her. Again, <sighs> one... that whole that you're not individuals, you're all just part of a larger thing. Yeah. Ugh. You'd think you'd remember. You'd think you would. Yeah. It's I do love Pearl's little line. So they all are almost out of there. And Holly Blue turns around. I don't think anything could spoil this day for me. Also, the slight dig at her own diamond when she compares Blue Diamond to the raw power of Yellow Diamond. Like, I feel like there is a chance for uprising within gem culture. Like, she'd rather be with Yellow Diamond when you see that much raw power in a room. Of course, I love Blue Diamond, but you can't deny that Yellow Diamond has a spark. Uh, but anyway, she turns around and they're all just trying to get into the red eye. Just all, like, frozen in a tableau. What is going on? And then they just, they handle her so quickly. Garnet fists up and then just taps her with her unarmed like, fist. I've been waiting to do this to you all day. Boink. And then she's like, I'm going to tell on you. It's going to be over. And then Pearl just walks right over, just cool as a cucumber. Are you really going to tell the diamonds you allowed a band of traitorous rebels to infiltrate the security system? Steals uh, human security facility. facility and escape from right under your careful watch? Doesn't seem like a wise thing to do, Holly Blue. Just savage boink. Boink. and then just and they just ride off <laughs> into the sunset uh oh my gosh there is some things not wrapped up here we still don't really learn about rose quartz what steven had hoped to learn by going to visit the palanquin in the first place unfortunately we know more about this we also get the sense that the cluster isn't over with yet the ominous talks about how blue wants to save more of of pink diamond's legacy as the humans on earth and yellow diamond saying well the cluster's still there so there's still time just this really uneasy thing like yeah the earth could still get destroyed like they still have plans for this planet they're not out of hot water yet yeah they said something about like the geo the geo weapon is it still in the earth's crust it's like yes yeah still there <laughs> it's good for now but it's still there um i Really, oh gosh, this was probably my favorite episode of the whole uh, cluster. What about you, Aaron? What was your favorite of these chunks? So uh, let me pull this back up. Um, I think this is a really. I love this song. The episode itself, there's not much to it. Um, I like it's as a culmination of all these four episodes. I like all the arcs that it wraps up. I think it's actually five. Sorry, five episodes. Uh. Either, you know, first or last. I'd say either this one or last one out of Beach City, honestly, are my favorites. Yeah. Actually, I'm going to say um, last one out of Beach City. Yeah. And it's halfway for the music. Like, I, again, like, both of these have good songs. I just, you know, I just can't get over that fuzzy guitar. But I do like that uh, they let Pilot Pone sing finally. And uh, that's, it reveals so much within the lyrics. That's pretty cool, too. Yeah. that's. I, I would have to say last one out of Beach City is number one, and that is number two. It's, but it's a very close race because that song, um, That Will Be All, is such, uh, like, a, a deep song. Um, I love the accompaniment by the Pearls. Um is uh i do like that um and it's <laughs> the two pearls the two pearls it's uh the blue pearl is basically pearl mixed with lapis lazuli and the yellow pearl is pearl mixed with the yellow diamond with peridot uh, 
you can, I, the look, the look in the feel. In the, I just, I, I see yeah. yellow diamond. Well, isn't that crazy? <laughs> like we look at that and we're like, oh, so most of the, you know, all the amethysts look alike and all this and all that, but pearls are completely different based they're built around what diamond they serve and that's why they aren't viewed as their own thing but as an as something that to be owned by another higher ranking diamond and you don't see that with the others like they don't look alike at all they're meant to reflect the personality and look of their owners weird slavery metatextual there's so much meta context going on here Uh, okay so when we come back next week tuesday nights at five on our Facebook page, Married to the Idea, we're going to be looking at the last 10 episodes of season four. The New Crystal Gems, Storm in the Room, Rocknaldo, Tiger Philanthropist, Room for Ruby, Lion 4, alternate ending, Dug Out, The Good Lars, Are You My Dad, and I Am My Mom. Oh, so we're literally ending on, oh my God, how are you, why are you going to do this to me? My heart. Why Why are you going to do this to me? We knew this had to happen eventually, that we would have to end one of these 10-episode clusters on a, se- on a season finale. Yep, and this is, and that'll be the last one I remember. I know nothing beyond this point. We are going into uncharted territory here for me. Ow. I know. I'm sorry Ow. To, I'm sorry to hurt you so Wait, good. The, the way, uh, if it's, I don't know which one, in, which one I've seen last, but the way it ends is so massive. Mm-hmm. Ow, I, I don't like you right now. Aaron's saying that I don't recall this twist, so I'm excited to get back to it again. Oh, man. I know. I know. And the thing is, too, is I know, and something has actually unfortunately been spoiled for me beyond this 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 uh, cliffhanger that we'll get to. Um, so that, that stinks a little bit. Um, but I'm, I'm looking forward to kind of seeing how it gets to that point. Um, but it's just, oh, my goodness, it's... Uh, that's going to be rough too, but there's, there's, there's so many things that are going to happen between now and then. And there's so many things like there's been two things that has been spoiled for me. At least one thing has been spoiled, but I don't know anymore. And I'm, I'm kind of curious to see if that's still a spoiler for me. I can't get on Instagram after shows end because things get ruined for me so bad. (laughs) Tangled the animated series. That got wrecked for me. Steven Universe movie, I think, did, but I have no idea how. I definitely saw something that I knew I wasn't supposed to see, but I don't know why it's important. So, again, it, it's like all these little things that eventually to the people in the know will be like, ah, yeah, that's where I came from. Yeah, I, um, I saw something that happens in the new season of um, DuckTales, but I think it's in an early episode. So it's like in one, two, or three or something like that. So I'm like, oh, I can't watch that yet. Disney Plus, get on it. Well, I tell you what, comment on the video below which show got spoiled for you, but please no spoilers in your comment. Yeah, whether it's on Facebook or on SoundCloud. <laughs> uh, we thank everyone for joining with us, especially for this unconventional break in the middle of the episode. We're going to try not yeah. to have that happen again. And if you are listening to the audio version and want a more complete take on this 10-episode cluster, we just going to the Facebook page and checking out the live video from streaming today. The last day of June. Yeah. Uh, but I think we are ready to go have some dinner. I'm hungry. Maybe some apple juice. Oh, yes. <laughs> and our collars popped up. Uh, but until next time. Remember, only, only you can keep Beach City quarantined. quarantined.